We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Tommy, what's taking so long with Gerard Mayo? Speaking of sewing up your guy. Don't know. Haven't heard. Don't think it's worth sweating, though. No? No. Why not? I'm sweating a little bit. I mean, they made a big announcement. He canceled all his appointments, and now it seems like it's dragging. What, uh, you I know? I think, you're, I think you're hardwired to sweat. I don't know what kind of announcement will come down. If he's canceling interviews and they're saying they're going to work to extend them, I just don't know if there's an announcement that comes down that says he's staying. It's, it's almost assumed, I, I would imagine, in many ways. What all that did, in my estimation, Christian, was to say, we're not going to continue to have a brain drain here. We're not going to continue to have valued individuals not understand that we want to give the rest of the league a hands-off impression. The bigger tumbler to fall into places, Gerard knowing that he'll have an opportunity to realize a, a head coaching aspiration here in New England. Mm. What is wrong with me? <laughs> I don't even remember making I don't think uh, I was conscious that I made that noise in a reaction. <laughs> that was fantastic. Mm. Uh, it's Christian Arcan, the, the grunting Megan Adelina. That wasn't really a grunt. I don't know what it's that like was. like a moan. Yeah, mm. sort of like a, yeah. Mm. Not like a moan moan, but like a... It's like an intrigued tiger. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Anyways. Mm. That was from last Thursday. Yes, last Thursday. When we spoke with Tommy Kern, and I asked him what the hell was taking so long with Gerard Mayo and why there hasn't been any announcements yet, since it seems like they're going full court press to keep him alongside uh, Bill Belichick as assistant head coach, associate head coach. I don't know exactly what it is because no one's I believe. announced it yet. That's the rumor that I've heard. It would but be assistant. Right now, all I know is that his contract... Is expiring or has expired? It doesn't expire until like until the whole the season's end of over. This season, yes. okay. Because the, uh, the Patriots season ended two weeks ago, so like yes, it's when the, the NFL season's over. The end of the NFL calendar year. Got it. Which so is March. That's coming up. All right. So that's you know after the Super Bowl and everything. Fine. Um, Gerard Mayo, uh, apparently, according to Burt Breer, was sitting alongside Bill Belichick for all the offensive coordinator interviews last week. Breer called that a good sign of Mayo's growing role with the team. They met with five offensive coordinator candidates over Zoom. And Mayo was right there in the picture, I guess, with Bill, like uh, like the two Bobs from Office Space. And um, that was that was surprising to me because I sort of feel like, does he have a job yet or what? Like, you know, like, are you going to are you going to sign the guy? Is he going to be part of the coach? Can you announce it yet or no? If it's an extension, then I feel like you can. If you're waiting and he wants to go out and explore free agency or whatever, I mean, it's not the same as, like, players. But what what's the holdup here? You got him in there interviewing people. Can you announce his new job? Like, what, like what's, the, what's taking so long? It's really interesting because they put out that 
really strange statement right. the other week. A couple of weeks ago, they put out the statement saying that they were extending Gerard Mayo in the subject line. And then you go down and it actually just said, we're planning, we are working on extending We really Gerard want Mayo, to extend Or something Mayo. to yeah. that extent. And then all the reports after were, well, that, that statement came out because they're really close to extending him. Tommy Curran there saying, don't sweat it, but we may never get an announcement that they've decided to hire him. All of a sudden, we'll see the, the way that they do. Usually either before OTAs or mini camp, they put out the roster essentially of the coaches and their coaching positions because at some point they they do a really silly thing where they have to make all of the assistants available mm-hmm. once the new season right, right, right. once the new preseason starts that and what the Patriots like this year, yeah. what the Patriots like to do is make them all available back to back. Yeah. So that you just ask the same question so that they don't have to face any breaking news or any developing storylines with the season whatsoever unless they're in a position where they want to. I'm not really aware about specifically what you're talking about. So what Kern was saying there is we might not know that Mayo is with the Patriots in an assistant coach capacity until they decide to put it in print on the website or in a little, I don't know, what do you call it? Uh, what is, what's the little thing Press that they release? give out? No, 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 that they give out at training camp. Like uh, a program. Like a media guide. Like oh, a media, media guide, guide or yeah, a program. Yeah, and that is bizarre if you're going to put out a statement saying essentially you plan to extend him. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of, there, it seems like there may be a disconnect there between what ownership wants to convey to the fans and also back to Mayo and then Bill seemingly still being like, I, that's not that important to me. If he's going to do that job here, let's start having him do that job. So we don't know what the contract situation is. No, we don't. And I also sort of feel like Gerard Mayo's going out, or he was going to go out and interview for a defensive coordinator job or a head coaching job, and he canceled those. And now he's in the Zoom meetings when you're interviewing offensive coordinator. You know what I mean? Like, what what does he want? It's almost like a front office job. You know, like, is that what he's angling for? Like, what's what's really the 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 point of this? Because if you're bringing him in to be the assistant head coach and then Bill Belichick's going to leave and you want him to be the new head coach after that, then that's a succession plan. That's big news. That's something that needs to be sort of discussed more than just, yeah. oh, yeah, he's in there on the Zoom meetings. It like might make someone go, hmm. Yeah, someone like one of the people they interviewed maybe, like Bill O'Brien maybe, who was thinking, yeah, if I get in there and I'm the OC, and then Bill retires and I could be the head coach, and then he realizes, oh, well, they got Mayo there. He's going to do that. I'm going to go somewhere else. Am I silly <laughs> Am I, Am I silly for being bothered that it was Zooms? Um, a little bit. Is that is that silly of me? That they did the interviews on Zoom call? Yeah. No, I, don't, I mean... I understand that, you, that all of these guys have other jobs, but if you're seriously considering bringing anyone in who's not Bill O'Brien, if there's a plan behind Bill O'Brien, plan B, plan C, it just makes me feel again like they really think they have O'Brien locked up. And it's like, what are we going to do? We're going to sit here and... Re, like basically catch him up to speed from the outside of what he probably already knows through Nick Saban and other people that he's connected to through Gillette and the Patriots still. And we're going to talk about the job that he's already done. Whereas with these other guys, if you're bringing one of these other guys in to be a first-time play caller or to be your off- a first-time offensive coordinator in the NFL, wouldn't you want to sit with them for a while, like walk around Gillette with them, maybe get dinner with them, yeah. talk through what their vision is for that and yeah. how they're going to be different than last year. You know, Sean, we want you to uh, we want to talk to you about you know some of the vacancies we might have. We just want to pick your brain a little bit. 
Maybe oh, no, I'm no, just... no, don't worry about plane tickets. Don't worry about plane tickets. We're not that serious. Like, maybe I'm just old school that way, where I feel like, or maybe it's my own subconscious thing, because I know I'm terrible on Zoom. If I have to do a Zoom interview, like, that doesn't convey well, but you learn a lot from spending time with somebody versus doing a video call. What Sean is that, Jefferson, like a 45-minute video call? Have you ever dined at Red Robin? <laughs> because <laughs> there's, is the Red Robin still open, by the way? Is that still a, a Patriot place? Or they get rid of it. I am not sure. I haven't oh, checked. Goodness. Well, if they did, uh, I if had they a friend, did, that's a big mistake because talk about a recruiting uh, a recruiting boom. I had a friend who was the Red Robin in high school. Really? As her job. She worked at the Red Robin by our local mall in Maryland, uh-huh. and they once a month would make her get in the Robin suit. <laughs> like, it was like a big... That's tough. It was a big red bird suit, and she was this little high school girl, and we'd go visit her, and she'd have to, like, stand outside the restaurant and wave to people Wait, with their wings. She had to, like, point size at her? Yeah. yeah. As far yeah. as I can tell, the Red Robin at Patriot Place. She tried open. to like direct people into the restaurant. Thank goodness! Don't ever <laughs> scare me like that again, Arcan. Telling me the Red Robin clothes. What's wrong with you? Almost had a heart attack over here. I never see the Robin though. Um, you never yeah, see, I don't the, see Robin the Robin. I don't see Robin. the Robin. Uh, speaking of mascots, my cousin. So there in New Hampshire, there's this arcade called Fun Spot up in uh, Laconia, and it's like Ooh, the, that sounds very it's the best. Edgy. It's honestly the best place ever. It's fun. It's the biggest go to the arcade. Fun Spot with your cousin. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, I was like ten, and she was sixteen, and so she would bring us to Fun Spot, and she was dating. This is very troubling. The guy who uh, there. So the mascot of Fun Spot was this dragon <laughs> named Top Snuff, which is Fun Spot backwards. And my cousin was dating Top Snuff, dating the kid, the kid who wore the suit and walked around and handed out tickets and tokens to the kid and stuff like that and when i tell you it was like she was dating prince harry (laughs) you know what i mean like it was the biggest like we were strutting around yeah my cousin knows top snuff like so he just complained about his family the whole time um basically yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's pretty much the same thing uh 617-779-7937 is your phone number let's go to the phones talk to charlie who is in boston go ahead charlie hey what's going on great show so far guys um so I'm kind of I'm kind of depressed that the Bills actually lost this weekend because I was just hoping they'd make it to the Super Bowl win and then they could just you know they'd rest on their laurels. But the fact that the Bills now have to improve is like that sucks because they're already so much better than us. It's a good right? point, Charlie. It's a great point. If you look at their offensive roster, though, it's Stephon Diggs and nothing, right? So it brings you back to like the quarterback versus the weapons argument, right? So if you look at the Bengals' weapons. I mean, you got T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, uh, Joe Mixon. The whole their, their whole roster is very good on offense. Bills don't have much, so we're going to see this weekend whether it's the quarterback or the roster because Patty Mahomes has Travis Kelsey and a bunch of no names. Um, um, listen, that's true, but they also have a fantastic offensive line, and that's the thing about the Chiefs that people often forget. You know, well, they don't have that many great. Bet. First of all, they got Travis Kelsey, who's a top tight end, and Smith Schuster, who maybe isn't. That great, but you could have had him two years ago. You passed and went with Aguilar and Bourne instead, and uh, he went back to Pittsburgh and then signed with the Chiefs this past year on like a one-year, $7 million deal. He cost nothing, and you spent a lot of money on those receivers who didn't give you much. But more importantly, the Chiefs have three elite, I think all pro if not, but all three of them are pro bowls for sure, offensive linemen. One of them was your old guard, Joe Tooney. He's still there, and he's still, you know, making a big impact. Uh, the other's Orlando Brown Jr., who they signed away from Baltimore when he was yet a Pro Bowl year with the Ravens, and they still ponied up the money for him. And the other one is... Uh, Creed, I want to say Creed Bratton, but I know that's not right. Creed Humphreys, the center, who they just drafted uh, last year or the year before and is already an all-pro center. Like, you have 
you have a really good offensive line there in Kansas City, and I think that that's a huge difference. One of the biggest differences, other than Patrick Mahomes to Mac Jones, uh, between you and the Chiefs, and that's not one that I take lightly. I think that that's a huge difference maker, and you can see it just in the way that Mahomes is able to operate compared to Mac Jones. I do want to push back on the suddenly the Bills have nobody. Okay, first of all, the Bills were a darling to start the season. True. And you can say that their running game became non-existent and that other teams figured out how to run on their defense because that definitely were two developments that I would agree with. Mm -hmm. But to pretend like it's Josh Allen and Steph Diggs and nobody else, I mean, I don't know. Did Gabe Davis, like, evaporate? He had a good year. Gabe Davis had more receiving yards than anybody on the Patriots. Or what about Dawson Knox? Dawson Knox had... Knox had a disappointing season. He, and he missed a couple of games as well. I just had it up in front of me. He had um, over 500 receiving yards, six touchdowns, which is more touchdowns than Hunter, Hunter Henry. Henry and John Smith combined yeah. for two. Look, I, I'm, I understand that it wasn't as powerful an offense as the Bengals have looked or that, that uh, Josh Allen doesn't create the way that uh, Patrick Mahomes or Patty Mahomes, as the caller called him, <laughs> does but to this now this narrative that oh they don't have anybody josh allen does it totally on his own you can say that about the running game but i don't know if that i would extend that to the entire roster yeah the entire depth chart i wouldn't go there either and also when you have stefan diggs who's an elite wide receiver that elevates sort of everybody else i think oh we only have stefan diggs like cry me a river yeah mckenzie's a pretty good third guy davis i think is a very good uh, number two wide receiver um that offense from a wide receiver perspective was Nothing to sneeze at. They could have maybe had a little more help on the offensive line, and they definitely don't have any running backs. But, I mean, come on. They made it pretty far and won a ton of games this year with, with that offense. I mean, they grabbed Naheem Himes halfway through the year, and look what he did to the Patriots in their last game of the season for two <laughs> touchdown returns. How could I forget? Uh, let's go to Mikos up in Maine. Hello, Mikos. Hey, guys. What's up? Uh, this is my first time calling. I just uh, appreciate the show. I just wanted to uh, talk a little bit about, uh, you know, where the Patriots are at right now as a team. Okay. Well, um, what do you want to say? <laughs> yeah. So, basically, uh, you know, there's some upper echelon teams, right? Like 13-win teams, 12-win teams. AFC, you've got, you know, Bills, Chiefs, Bengals, right? But if you look at the Patriots' Uh, season, I mean, there's at least four games they should have won. I mean, the Raiders game, and nobody talks about the Bengals game. That was a Ramondre Stevens fumble away from beating that team. That's going to go. Because we we get, did I, talk about those games. Thanks for the call. Just just so we're clear, we did talk about those games, and they should have won those games, sure. But the fact that they didn't wasn't some fluky thing. They lost they games like this won? all year. They lost games like that all season long. Why should they have won the Bengals game? That was a feature, not a buck, because they had the ball with a minute left. They and lost it the same way that they lost a handful of other games that's this season. My point exactly is that they had a lot of bad discipline and brain farts at the end of you games. You can say they could have. That not should have. You need to remove the should have from that sentiment. You can say they could have beat the bagels. Okay, they could have beat them. I said the bagels again. The bangles. Bagels. <laughs> Sometimes that get part of that word gets caught in my mouth, and I end up saying bagels. The end part. It's like I don't know where it is, but yeah. I, I bagels. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Those are some tasty bagels. But you okay? So switch it to could. You could have beat those teams. You could have beat the Raiders. You could have beat the Bengals. You probably could have beat Chicago if you hadn't just completely 
I don't know, ruined both of your quarterbacks for at least a couple weeks mm-hmm. in terms of their confidence and whatever you did there. That was bizarre, that game. Could have, not should have. Like, you weren't the favorite to go out and do all of this this year. Could have beat the Packers. That was an overtime loss. You it was beat, an overtime you loss. You could have beat true. the Packers. It was a one-point loss. Yeah, but you didn't because you're not a good finishing team. You're just not. You know? That's right. I mean, if could you, have not, should have. If you're, if you're down at the end of a game, you're generally not coming back. Uh, you're not the type of team that you know stages fourth quarter comebacks and has game winning drives. It's just not. That's just not who the Patriots are. And by the way, if the Jets didn't have Zach Wilson playing in both of those games, and you probably lost both of those two games too. So for every one of those, you can say, well, they should have won this game. There's some games they probably could have lost just as easily, uh, like both of those Jets games. If uh, biggest douche in the universe wasn't playing. Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. There's your phone number. When we come back, Tommy Curran had a piece uh, over the weekend that really. Um, I thought it took a flamethrower to Bill Belichick and this whole coaching search and had an interesting tidbit about the potential future of Matt Patricia. We'll get to all of that right after Ryan Garvin tells you what's trending. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 424, here's Sports Radio, WEEI. Christian Arkin, Megan Adelini, taking you up until 6 o'clock. We'll get back to the Red Sox here in about, I don't know, half hour or so. But we'd be remiss if we uh, didn't touch on this piece from Tommy Curran, which was posted, I believe, on Saturday? Yeah, Saturday. And it says, The Patriots' offensive coordinator search shows that Belichick's comfort trumps all. And he writes, Everything is on hold as we wait for white smoke to rise over one Patriot place. I already used that joke, Tommy, just so you know. It's a nice Pope joke. The Pope joke. Uh, signaling an actual real-life... <laughs> I know. Homo sapien has been selected to run the Patriots' oh, offense. what? Real-life homo sapien, oh, okay. as a human, has been elected, uh, selected to run the Patriots offense with a title and everything like you've seen on TV. When that news drops, we'll dive deep into either why hiring Bill O'Brien 
or means the Patriots are back in it or why the Patriots couldn't get Bill O'Brien. And as we wait, we can credit the Patriots for casting a wider net at OC than they did last offseason when they cast no net at all. But the net still isn't that big, and if you're not a friend of Bill Belichick, you need not apply. Every individual screen has some kind of Belichickian tie. Adrian Clem, a second-round draft pick. Keenan McCardell played in Cleveland. Jefferson, wide out for the Patriots. Uh, overlap with Belichick in 96. Not when he was a head coach, though. Uh, Nick Cayley has been on staff since 2015 as a tight ends coach. O'Brien's obviously been here. The industry is teeming with offensive coaches, with novel ideas and approaches, but it seems... The only way to get an audience with Bill Belichick is by having been previously hired by him. Uh, Clem McCardell or O'Brien or shared a locker room, Jefferson. Doesn't matter if he goes back three decades to find that tie. If it's there, the number one qualification is satisfied. Then he will deem to give an audience. The incestuous approach has an obvious upside familiarity. Um, first of all, we talked about this as these interviews were sort of coming up here. There's a connection with every single one of these guys, it seems like. It's like and, the, what is it, the six degrees to Kevin Bacon? Yeah, right. So did, it has to be like one degree to Bill Belichick. One degree of Bill Belichick. Otherwise, you're not getting a meeting. You're not getting a Zoom call. You're not, uh, we're not going to bring you in. Two degrees too much. Care. Can't um, trust your word. Isn't this exactly sort of the problem or maybe not the problem, but the complaint that most people had about last year? and sort of the coaching brain drain and how this has all been sort of just, all right, there's lots of different ways to skin a cat and run an offense out there. But you're not really interested in hearing from anybody who's not already sort of beholden to you in some way or another, whether it's, you know, uh, 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 working together 30 years ago or more recently, you know, I've hired you onto my staff or I drafted you in 2000 or whatever it is. Like there's there's always got to be some sort of connection there, which leads me to think, he hasn't really learned much at all, you know? Like, I, I don't really think that there's too much you can say about what happened this past season and the approach this year and really think, wow, yeah, it seems like Bill's really kind of figured out that this way of doing things is very limiting and maybe you don't get the best candidates if you're only going with people that you know and that you've worked with before. And I just sort of feel like that that message hasn't landed at all. Right. I mean, it really has it like it's not as extreme as last time where he would only bring in people who he didn't have to pay you know, because they were already on someone else's payroll. And we'll get to another uh, part of Kern's a column which addresses that, too. But just as far as all that's concerned, aren't we sort of right back where we started with all of this? I mean, this is really just a, a shallow pool. He's uh, he's fishing from and it's the same pool as before. What happened last season, last offseason, with the offensive coordinator and quarterback's coaching situation is the worst-case example of this, where it really just destroyed your chances of having a competent offense, mm. kind of from the get-go. Everybody in the know was sitting there saying this is just a really, really strange idea at best. It's a really odd choice at best. But it doesn't just uh, apply to his coaches who he works with. Obviously, those are the people who he's closest to and right. who he spends the most time with in meetings and everything outside of practices and games. But as Curran points out, it also we've seen it hurt the draft at different points. And it's worked for him in the draft at different points where everybody jokes about how obsessed he was with Rutgers because Steve was playing there. So he had a comfort level there and tapped in and got Devin McCourty and some other players and so felt like that was a program that he could trust people whose mm -hmm. opinion he could trust it's 
more than anything, he only trusts Meyer guys out of Florida for a few years. Right. Alabama if he recently. He trusts your system. He trusts your yeah. opinion, and he trusts how you feel about players. But we've also seen it backfire immensely in the draft, and especially we talk. Look, you can talk ad nauseum about the Nikhil Harry draft and how he had people on his staff going out and picking out different receivers. DK Metcalf and saying, you know, you can get him here. This is a, this is the guy that you should be looking at. And instead, he goes with what one of his pals says. This has been, and you can say, an issue, a feature of how he does business all the way through. And he's going to continue doing it this way. Like, it, it comes down to, it does make you wonder if there are guys out there, people out there who are much more... I guess a much better possible candidate, much more qualified or have much more interesting ideas that they could bring into the position than these other candidates who he is bringing in besides Bill O'Brien. And I don't say that to knock the other candidates and that they're bad choices or anything, but none of them have been play callers at an NFL level. Mm -hmm. And they all do have this tie to Bill, which then makes you say, is he excluding a whole population out there just because he's not friends with them or he doesn't have friends of friends of them? Uh, yeah. And or not his own kids you know, right. or something like that. But that's that's true. And uh, it, it's very it's very sort of frustrating, I think, when you when you consider, first of all, that, you know, Bill Belichick's been coaching for 100,000 years. So, I mean, there's not a lot of people who don't have some kind of connection to him out there somewhere. But there are plenty that are on other coaching trees that have uh, stronger connections, other places and are really just sort of known for being either part of Shanahan or part of McVay or part of these other uh, trees right now that are trendy and popular, and there's guys out there looking for work. And it just sort of seems like there's no interest. <laughs> like It's not just that I only want to coach the guys that I like and that I know, but it's I'm not interested in coaching anybody else. And that, I think, is, well, for a guy, I mean, obviously Bill Belichick's an older coach, and we all know about old dogs and new tricks here, but like there, to a point, there has to be some sort of give I think at least when you want to get the most out of a job interview process like this at the very least bring in someone who you know you're not going to hire but at least bring him in for an interview and hear what they have to say well, he doesn't even want to hear what they have to say I think he's doing that but he's doing that with people that he trusts there are a couple of these candidates you look at where they're coming from and you wonder is he just tapping into information here is he just satisfying some curiosity he has about different systems mm -hmm. or different programs at the college level or whatever and it's, well, you, we want to hear a variety of voices anyway, but this isn't really a serious candidate, but I like where they're coming from. And he was a great player, and I think he's a great character, and so let's hear from him. But at the same time, you know, extend that to somebody who's not a friend of Bill or not a friend of the lacrosse world or, you know, doesn't yeah. have attachment to Rutgers or didn't play for you at some point. You know, both in the coaching staff and in the draft and in making trades for different players and all of it. I don't know. It, at some point, you know, this does happen to everyone on a human level. Yeah. It's not just Bill Belichick. It's not like he is some insular, you know, guy who won't meet anyone new. But as you get older, you're circle does become smaller yeah. like you just don't have as much time or patience for people oftentimes who don't see things the same way that you see them and i'm sure that whoever he brings into this situation he doesn't want to have to feel like he has to sell them on the way that he does things down there
Fair enough, but when that leads to I'm Matt Patricia and Joe thing. Judge right. running the offense, I'm then, not saying that a good thing. I'm just yeah. saying that's how it looks on its face. And that's fine, but then that means you have to reevaluate the way you do things. Um, Kern goes on to write, not everyone remains a made man forever. Trust can evaporate. Ask Mangini, ask Flores. But if you stay on the right side of Bill, Foxborough becomes a safe harbor for friends who got turned out into the cold. When Mike Lombardi got fired by Cleveland, he worked for the Patriots for two years. After Matt Patricia got fired, Belichick brought him in to stay busy and lick his professional wounds. Gross. Joe Judge <laughs> was dismissed by the Giants, landed back in New England. In each of those cases, the former team was on the hook for paying the balance of the contract with presumably some offset from the Patriots. He then goes on to say that... Uh, both Bielma and Lombardi moved on from the Patriots when contracts with their old employers ran out and the Patriots would have to start paying. We'll see if that happens with Patricia, whose Lions deal has now expired. I'm hearing he might be on his way out as well. We'll see if this plays out that way. But that right there, that sentence I'm right there. I'm hearing he might be on his way out. Matt Patricia might be on his way out. I don't know. <laughs> Sounds like you do, Tom. If Matt Patricia's on his way out, and Bill sort of knew that this was when the bill came due, that this was what was going to happen. The fact that he put him at offensive coordinator this past year is, is a crime. I mean, honestly, that is like, that's a war crime. I cannot believe that. He should be court-martialed for that. If you're bringing in an offensive coordinator who you only have on the staff because he's getting paid by another team and the second you have to pony up any money for him, you're going to let him go, you're going to fire him, let him walk out the door, and you entrust him with your second-year quarterback? Like, I'm sorry. That is ridiculous. That's absolutely ridiculous. That is a ridiculous way to run your team. And if that's true, I mean, we'll see if Patricia's gone or not. I, it, first of all, flies right in the face of all the happy horse crap we had to hear about how smart Patricia is and how, oh, yeah, you know, just because he's a defensive coach doesn't mean he also, doesn't also know offense. And, yeah, he can be a behind-the-scenes guy and do all that Ernie Adams stuff and be a great assistant to Bill and all this other, you know, nonsense that we heard about his role and how vital he is and how much they all like him there and how much Bill likes him and the Crafts like him. And, hey, maybe after Bill retires, Patricia can be the new head coach. We heard that. When he came back, people were saying that. And now he's gonna. The second you have to pay him a cent, he's out the door. Oh, that really pisses me off. That really that makes it seem like the offensive coordinator, whoever's doing this job, couldn't possibly matter less. Now I hear you, Arcan. I'm gonna keep you honest here a little bit, fine? Because I do recall that when we were talking about reports that there were not going to be coaches who were going to get fired. I believe it was from Curran. That mm -hmm. There's not going to be heads, heads on, heads heads on, on spikes. spikes being carried around, you know, Foxborough to show everybody, oh, heads are rolling now. And that bothered you that they were just going to get shuffled around and be in the building. Mm -hmm. So now, if he's out, if Matt Patricia is out because they don't want to put him on Robert Kraft's payroll, shouldn't that make you happy? It should. But the reason, it makes me happy. The reason for it because is what's I, upsetting. I go back to, okay, if you're trying to reset and get at least back, you know, back to baseline. Because I really do feel that they started last season and the offseason below baseline. Mm -hmm. So they're trying to just get back to baseline and build up from there. I don't want Mac Jones in the building with Joe Judge and Matt Patricia. And if Matt Patricia is one that has to go because he's not going to be on the craft payroll, that's something for me to feel good about. Fine. But that also speaks to me in a way that... That mistake already happened. Though. It did. It already happened, and that's fine. And Matt Patricia probably should get fired. And if he was still here for free and they decided to fire him and say, hey, you know, it's not working out, we're going to move on from you, then I'd be okay with that. 
And if he was already getting paid and they said, all right, well, we're not going to pay you anymore because you didn't do a good job, then I'd be okay with that too. The fact that now that the bills come due, now that it's not free to have him on the staff anymore, they're going to move on from him. That's the main reason. It's not because he was, it's not because he was a bad coach. It's not because he wasn't a good coordinator. It's because now it's going to actually cost you something. You're right. That pisses me off. No, that's gross. It's a gross look, but it also was the look all last season. And so again, I had to sit here and, and, say to myself, that mistake already happened. Will you be pissed off about that mistake all offseason? Continue if it if it carries over some stink into next year. We can remain pissed off about it. But I'm not going to be mad that the guy's leaving the building. I'm not going to be mad that, oh, now that you have to pay him, you're going to let him leave. It's a gross look, but at least he's not here anymore. Sure. Like, I would turn in my math homework as a kid in school, and I would get the answer right. But then my teacher would circle the answer and say, well, the answer is right, but you, the work you showed doesn't make sense. Like, you just kind of lucked into oh, the solution. so it's almost like you looked at the desk next to you <laughs> and just took the answer and almost. then made up work that you were showing below it? Because the idea that Matt Patricia is not going to be in any kind of real authoritative figure over the team is like, how great, about he's, How awesome. about he's not even in the building? Like, if, if the relationship between your starting quarterback and... Now going into his third year, and those coaches is how it looks, is how it sounds. Don't have him in the building if you're going to bring that quarterback back. But it's just the idea that we all looked at this and went, this is not working. And Bill Belichick is like, I agree. But that's not why he would be getting rid of Matt Patricia. Not for the the poor job that he did, for the fracture in the relationship between Mac Jones and the team. It's because you don't want to pay him. I'm with you. It's super gross. Yeah, it it's sucks. super gross. And I think that's, and it, it, Curran goes on to write this. He says, what's the downside to incestuousness as it relates to the coaching search? Coaching search. The pool of young guys willing to work long hours for short pay with an ambiguous title must remain stocked. <laughs> Otherwise, you'll run low on future candidates, especially if a coach is hired elsewhere and he raids your staff like Belichick did when he came to New England. The previous decade of Brady-aided teams saw success from younger coaches and executives fleeing for new jobs. McDaniels, Patricia, Flores on the coaching side, Casario, Monty Austin Ford on the personnel side. They leave, they bring coaching friends with them, the staff shrinks, and the pool of experience replacements gets even shallower. He's basically just exploring exploiting these young friends of his kids and everybody else and not paying them anything and not giving them any coordinator status or any sort of status that they want and keeping them around there because it's cheap. I th- You know what I mean? Like, that's just sort of what it seems like he's doing. He's trying to save money, which I don't know if there's like a coaching budget and he gets whatever, you know, is out there and that's why there's no coordinators. I don't know exactly. It's always been a mystery as to why these jobs are so low paying. The mystery of why they're burning the midnight oil, that's not a mystery. That's just how it has always worked down mm-hmm. there. But the low-paying side is interesting. And it's just, you know what? It's a Bill Belichick internship. You know, you want to get your foot in the door? Yeah. Here's your internship. Be some great exposure for you. You know, like that that's one thing you, you love to hear. You got your foot in the door with Bill Belichick. Oh, that's great. worth something. Yeah, someday you can be Joe Judge coming back with your tail between your legs, uh, begging for a job. You know, you can be one of these young coaches who work for Bill, end up leaving, getting a head coaching job, coming back. And that's just because they want to be Bill somewhere else. I guess so. But get it, their own little interns. It's all good stuff to bring up between, like, if, if what Curran is saying here is what is happening between 
how the handling of Matt Patricia and then like how he treats the promising guys that could leave. Like Josh McDaniels gets blocked for an interview so Joe Judge can go and do it for the Giants. Nick Cayley can't go and interview with the Las Vegas Raiders when all the other staffers are going out there. And then you're not going to do anything but throw him a, a sympathy interview because his contract is up. Why the hell would you want to work for this staff? Why the hell would you even want to work for this team? There's got to be better jobs out there that are going to lead you to something. Because um, he's the greatest coach of all time. Okay, great. Gerard Mayo wants to be a defensive, right, a defensive coordinator, which I would imagine comes with a big raise and a pay uh-huh. bump. And Bill says, you know what? How about you just come in on the Zoom calls while I interview the offensive coordinators and we'll work on what we're going to call you somewhere down the road. Just call him a defensive coordinator. All right. You know, that's what he wants to be. That's a, a nice what promotion about assistant head for coach? being the linebackers coach. What the hell is an assistant head coach? He's the other guy on the Zoom call. <laughs> I mean, obviously, he's the other about that. I, can Maybe you, he gets to say something about whether or not you get hired. Maybe. Adrian Clem, could you walk power. us through what a day in your life is typically like yeah uh okay weird first question no that's what he gets to do yeah He's gerard, gerard mayo's like asleep next to bill while clem's talking about a day <laughs> like, i don't know six one seven 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 more sean jefferson seven ninety three seven there's your phone number quick break we'll be right back sports radio wedi christian arcan megan adelini here taking you up until six o'clock to turn things over to the rich keefe show we spent a lot of the day talking about the Red Sox, talking about the Patriots. Real quick, what's going on outside? How much snow is there? It's dumping out there. I don't know how much is accumulated. I can't it looks see anything. It's like now. dark out there. It's. Uh, I mean, I still see it falling. See so. some things on Twitter about the roads being bad. I get a little nervous. Have all-wheel drive, but I am not from these parts. And after <laughs> 11, 12 years, I am still a really crappy driver in the snow. You guys drive SUVs. You'll be fine. It's like probably a couple inches around Boston. No I always deal. have this fear of switching lanes. Do you have that in the snow? Like, I I always worry for some reason that if I switch lanes, my car is just going to spin out of control in Sometimes. The snow. And I, because I lived in Colorado for a while, and that happened before. You know, yeah. You drive through those blizzards it's out there. It's not happened to, to me, knock on wood, but I just... I think I watched too many videos on the internet about it. Just be careful. Be careful when you're I driving. I drive like a grandma. Drive like a grandma snows. today, yeah. I mean, that's the best way to avoid those sorts of things. Uh, no one needs to be a hero out there. Uh, speaking of which. Except the, for the first responders. The first responders <laughs> do have to be heroes out there. That's true. Um, and your uh, winter teams heroically continue to just beat the ever-loving you-know-what out of everybody they play. This is unbelievable. Like the Even the Celtics, they're all banged up. They're injured. They lost like half the roster. Still beat Toronto. Uh, almost gave it away at the end there, just like they almost gave away that Golden State game. Still ended up winning it. And the Bruins, I'm sorry, like the Bruins look like they are uh, – like they're playing against a bunch of uh, AHL teams when they when they take the ice. They look like they're playing in a different league than many of the other teams in the NHL, which is just watching it. I mean, if you're a Bruins fan, it's remarkable. But for a talk radio perspective, it's really hard to say anything other than these guys are awesome. But with the Celtics, there may be uh, there may be something here because chinks in the armor. Really, I mean, there was a lot of injuries in that game. A lot of guys going down with injuries. A lot of guys, a lot of guys already kind of banged up. Um, and Tatum took that game off because of a uh, wrist injury, which we know was just him uh, getting a little bit of uh, load management there. But man, I mean. You had an ankle injury for Robert Williams colliding with Jalen Brown. That was a weird play, too, by the way. Brown yeah. just sort of flailing out of control, and Williams just standing there. It was not an ambi-turner. Can't turn left. It was, uh, it was very illustrative of the character like the character of both of their games at times. Yeah. <laughs> Jalen looked just utterly out of control of his body trying to get the ball, and Rob Williams just standing being like, what's Jalen doing? Uh, Rob Williams... 
I'm ready to have Rob Williams sit for extended periods of time at this point in the season. To protect I feel, him. Yeah, yeah. I feel confident that he has come back mostly healthy and fine from the second surgery that he had on that knee, that same knee that he hyperextended against Toronto in the last 10 months. Like, dude's undergone, like, gone under the knife twice in 10 months. You're going to need him in the playoffs. So maybe, I don't know, the other night uh, Tatum was talking about how Al Horford had two days off and then went out and balled out. So maybe put Williams on that plan. I don't feel like I need him playing against Toronto on a random Saturday in January. Yeah. Maybe that's just me being NBA soft, but the guy has like just soft tissue injuries for days and you need him and you don't really have a great other big behind him and Al. No offense to Blake Griffin or, or Luke your Cornett. guy Luke Cornett. The murder Cornett. They both, what did they play? Like a combined eight minutes or something? Um, Something like that, yeah. Or eight minutes each and they had two points? Yeah. And Not too much. great. Um, the injury report, which came out yesterday, has Marcus Smart out with a sprained ankle. Robert Williams is questionable with left knee injury management. And Malcolm Brogdon's out for personal reasons. I don't know what those are, but uh, not injury-related. Derek White also took a nasty spill the other day. Mm-hmm. They said that he's okay. Um, Marcus Smart and Robert Williams, they both said from x-rays, avoided any kind of serious injuries, and that's great. But now we're talking about the meat of your roster with some issues you know and not just not just little things here like robert williams that he hyperextended that's his what knee. i'm that's saying the knee like there's there's a thing there that's that's a problem that you have to keep an then eye again, on again apparently they have 15 to 20 to 30 to 45 sports medicine experts yep. on staff who they're are all there calculating exactly how many minutes he should have so they probably have a better idea than me being just a yahoo on the radio being like i don't like how much you're playing him he hurt his knee again but it does feel like at some point shouldn't common sense take over and go, you really are going to need this guy in May and June. Yeah. So he doesn't need to play against Toronto in January. The most important thing, obviously, is keeping Brown and Tatum healthy. And I think that they are, for the most part, both reasonably healthy. But I also think, I mean, it's a thin line, especially with Jalen Brown. It's a thin line between healthy enough to play and out for a month. I mean, really, like, that's, you're right there. You, I feel like he's towing that line every single time he steps out there. And it's not that he's frail or anything or that he's injury prone, but when he gets hurt, he gets hurt. And he's and he, oftentimes he plays playing physi- with stuff. He yeah. plays physically. He plays like, through it, things. It goes along with it. The style of play that both he and Marcus Smart play leads to, I'm not saying that they play dangerously or anything, but they're physical players. You know, they're not just going to, like, stand on the outside and shoot for the most part. Yep. Uh, Despite all this, the Celtics, the hottest team in basketball, they've won nine in a row. And uh, tonight, they got the Orlando Magic, who randomly owned them this year. Their biggest rival. I mean, honestly, like, Orlando's won 17 games maybe this year, 17, 18 games. Kind of like a a nerdy basketball thing. that Arkin, actually, you guys might be in on this. You know who might be making their season debut who has not played in the last two years for the Orlando Magic? That'd be Jonathan Isaac. Jonathan oh, Isaac weird. is expected to make his return for the first. I know he's played some G League games. I think he played like two or three games where he averaged like 15 or 16 points. But Jonathan Isaac was a guy coming out of the draft. I'm like, ooh, I like him. He, he's got all the tools. Big, long athlete. I want to see what he does. Orlando tends to draft well. I think they've done okay with their young players, but that was just something that popped into my mind when you mentioned the Orlando Magic. Jonathan Isaac. Dreaded, or, dreaded Orlando Magic. Am I, am I wrong or is Jonathan Isaac a little touched? 
He's a little, he's a little out there, right? A little Kyrie in him. Oh, I, I don't know anything about I think, his person. I, I just think don't... Jonathan Isaac was like a hardcore anti vat like one of those guys. Jeez, oh, okay. I, really? I, I may be wrong. I may be don't mixing him up with somebody. That. But let me just make sure I'm, I'm right about this because I think I am. Uh, and I, I liked him coming out of college too. But I think that he shared some very extreme. Maybe it wasn't about that, but it was. Yeah, no, he he was anti vax Yep. <laughs> well, he had a lot of time to do reading. You know, the two years that he was not playing basketball. I yeah. Guess. I was um, I was yeah. talking to somebody the other day, and I was like, "Is there something? Is there anything horrible that I should know about Brock Purdy? I think we just don't know that much about him. He's a young guy, yeah, you know, other than being Mister Irrelevant." And they're like, "No, no, I don't, I don't, I haven't seen anything about Brock Purdy." And I was like, "Cool, I like Brock Purdy. I think I'm not going to Google anything about him. I'm not going to find out anything." He's I on video him. kicking puppies and kitties. It is so rare that you get someone like Joe Burrow, where the more that you learn about Joe Burrow or the more you see him speak or the more he says this is what my foundation is doing you're like wow what a great guy he just seems to get better all the time that is such a rarity um <laughs> anyway yeah our I, game uh, stopped the Jonathan Isaac one. yeah, yeah are you in a rabbit hole there I was but just I just let it go just, just close that window I don't need I don't need the uh, thank you to Jonathan everyone Isaac. on the text line who's saying that uh, they've switched lanes in the snow and they have totaled their truck before. That makes me feel much better <laughs> about driving home in the snow and the fear that I have about getting in an accident. One time I was driving uh, my friend back Stop looking at the text line, to his apartment in, uh, in Colorado and I had to take a right and there was like this frontage road and there was like a ditch in between the two roads. And so I go to turn onto the street and we just spin right into the ditch. And oh the car, God. the car stayed up, so it's not like we flipped over or anything. So we were still How like, "How fast up. were you going?" Like nothing, like a mile an hour, maybe. I was turning onto a street, okay. So I was barely going any like amount it up, but it, we just started sliding, and the car goes nose first right into the ditch. So we get out, and we're trying to you know push the car and everything. And outside the ditch, there was like a little bike path and these two big trees. And I'm gunning the engine, trying to get out of the ditch, and the wheels finally catch. And when I tell you, I split these uprights of trees like right in between them. I'm pretty sure that I knocked one of my uh, rear view mirrors right off and we sh- shot right up out of the ditch oh my and God. made it out and so we all get back in the car Wait, i get back car, onto the road it was uh four tours okay it was like a 2002 four tours so i get back we all get back into the tours i go back out i go to make that same turn and i go into the ditch again <laughs> 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 this exact same thing happened brett maher would really bad four tours and put it right into the left tree i know he would have <laughs> and by the way i felt i felt good for brett maher when he finally made a kick i was like good for you man. the first one though was so <laughs> yeah. wide left that i think yeah. one of the gunners actually got his hand on it like, yeah even if they didn't block it he still would have missed it wide yeah left, that anyway. got blocked by the chain gang it was so off to the left that was uh, that was a brutal one, but then he kicked a couple after that, and uh, good for him. His team lost, but uh, I felt good for Mar. Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. There's your phone number. We'll continue with your phone calls, and when we uh, come back, we'll reset on the Red Sox and the weekend from hell that they had up in Springfield. That's coming up next. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.